Hello, I'm Jen Taylor, host of the Design Your Wedding Business Podcast. I am letting you know that I have created a great quiz that will help you figure out which of the eight CEOs you need to be working on and the tasks that would benefit you the most. I hope you hop down to the show notes, click the link and take the quiz. I promise it's a quick two minute quiz. And I can't wait to see what your feedback is. Thank you. Hey, I'm Jen Taylor, and you're listening to Design Your Wedding Business. As a wedding business coach, I've made it my mission to help creative entrepreneurs build streamlined workflows, processes, and procedures so they can grow their business and spend time on what they love the most, their craft, their family, and their lives. I understand how you feel, and I know it may not be fun to put in the work to build a well-oiled machine, but luckily for you, that's what I love to do. On this podcast, I'm teaching you how to take the stress and chaos out of your business, remove the guesswork, and discover a clear, profitable path to sustainable growth. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Design Your Wedding Business podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the dreaded, are they the employee or are they an independent contractor? This will help determine who you're hiring when you are looking at someone. Remember, information provided in the podcast is not intended to act as legal advice. Please seek out additional information from local, state, and federal sources. And if you require legal guidance, please consult a labor attorney or a human resource specialist. I pulled all of this information actually from the IRS website. It's great to go in there. I know sometimes it gets a little intimidating when you go to a government website, but it gives you a ton of information. And always, if you don't know, give them a call. They're very helpful and very nice people. So the first, right off the bat, you're going to determine whether the person that's providing services is an employee or an independent contractor. My rule of thumb is if I'm telling them what to do and where to go, they're an employee. That's kind of the down and dirty how I see it. But here's some three common law rules on the federal government side. The facts are provided evidence of the degree of control and independence falls into these three categories. Behavioral. Does the company control or have the rights to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? So that's number one. Number two, are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer? These include things like how the worker is paid, whether the expenses are reimbursed, who provides the tools and supplies, etc. Number three, the type of relationship. There are written contracts or employee type benefits, pension plans, insurance, vacation, etc. Will the relationship continue? And is it performed as a key aspect of the business? So we must weigh all of these factors when determining whether a worker is an employee or an independent contractor. Some factors may indicate the worker's employees, while others factor and, you know, indicate that they're an independent contractor. There is no magic set number of factors that makes the worker an employee or an independent contractor. And there is no one factor that stands alone in making this determination. Factors which are relevant in one situation may not be relevant in the other. The keys are to look at the entire relationship and consider the extent of the right to direct and control the worker. That's pretty much it. You are controlling that worker. 
So what's an employee? An employee is someone that another person or company hires to perform a service. Business owners compensate employees for their work to grow and maintain their business. Employees typically have a specified pay rate and written or implied employment contract with the party for which they work for. However, some hired workers are not legally classed as employees and have separate class tax classifications. So again, those three you know controlling factors are in there, behavioral, financial, and the type of relationship. So then what does an employee do? The employee works for an agreed upon number of hours or shifts and performs duties their employers outlie for them. After applying for a job and going through the interview process, the employee provides the employer with their personal information, such as taxpayer ID and direct deposit information. They might sign a contract and employee handbook agreement that outlines their job duties. Depending on the type of employee, they may have different obligations for completing their assigned work. So there's different types of employees and, you know, and they classifications are determines the following eligibility for overtime pay, entitlement to health insurance or other benefits, legal status and legal protections. So this is where you see when you look at a job description, it says full time, part time, seasonal, temporary, exempt and non-exempt. Non-exempt employees earn the right of the federal minimum wage and overtime pay. They have to be paid overtime at a rate that is at least one and a half times their salary for every hour worked over 40 hours. An exempt employee receives a salary, so they're paid the same amount regardless how many hours they work. So they do not have the right legal right to overtime pay. Seasonal temporary. Temporary employees work for employees for a set of period of time for a duration of a project. If you use a recruitment agency to find and place temporary employees, they must handle tax withholdings. When at hiring a temporary or seasonal employee, you typically pay them directly and take the taxes, their paycheck. So this is where I used a lot of my employees because they were seasonal employees because they worked, the majority of their hours were during the summer and we have weddings. So this is where I used a lot of my area because that's they were seasonal. Part-time employees work 30 hours or less. They're obligated to other benefits. But they may, you know, the company may offer a health plan to retain talent, reward employees. You have the same tax obligation for both part-time and full-time employees. And then full-time employees put a typical 30 to hour, 40, 30 to hour work week. And if you have 50 or more full-time employees, you must offer them health benefits. So here's some tips to help you figure out the hiring of the employee. Check the regulations in your area. Like I said, look at your state what do they require? What does the city require? I know the city of Seattle has stricter guidelines for employees than the state does. So really look at both. Envision their work week. How are they going to work? Prepare your forms. Like I talked on the onboarding podcast, you need to make sure you are set for them. Look into insurance. But, you know, for the state of Washington, I had to have workers comp. I had to make sure that my own insurance for the business, I had, you know, I had disability, I had liability insurance, just not for me, but for my employees. Can they drive a car? You know, all of those things that come up need to think about with the insurance. And then create human resources policies. As I said, that employee handbook comes into play with this. So hiring, what's an independent contractor? You're like, yeah, I'm not going to hire employees. I'm going to hire independent contractors. Just be careful when you do that. Because as I said, if you're telling them what to do and where to go, you can get in trouble. I've had a lot of DJ friends get into hot water with the state 
because they're telling them what to do and where to go because they're giving them a job and they're not treating them as employees. So this is that fine line for the wedding professionals with this. So my assistants were independent contractors, and this will tell you why. So an independent contractor represents excellent opportunity for small and medium-sized businesses to bring on more people to help them. When you contract an independent worker, you set parameters for the work you need without committing to a long-term employment. If you need extra assistance during a busy period or have a project your staff isn't skilled to handle, an independent contractor can provide you what you need. So when you hire an independent contractor, you can set some expectations. The time frame. It's common to negotiation a deadline for finished work. You also may elect to set deadlines or different phases of a project. Compensation. Pay is usually negotiated before the work starts, which can help you set a budget. It's also making sure that the business is paid by the project, hour, or other appropriate measurement of the work. It is not the independent contractor must have a license and or a way to pay them. I won't say they must have a business license because my associates, my assistant assistants for the day did not have business licenses. They were pretty much, we just had a way to pay them and they knew that they'd have to pay the taxes on it. You just have to tell them that they have to pay the taxes. The project specifications, you must have you know, really written out contracts that say, this is what you are doing for my company. There'll be scope creep, there'll be revisions, there'll be, you know, addendums and all of that to a contract if you're working with somebody for a longer period of time and and the scope of the work changes, that's fine. But there's a certain project they are working on. Major benefits for independent contractors can include flexibility as long as their choice of work environment and methods are working. Elements that you may not be able to stipulate when hiring an independent contractor include how they work. Independent contractors can generally choose their preferred working method. Although it's common to request certain end products or results, how a contractor does the work is generally up to them, providing they still meet the agreed upon requirements. When they work, some businesses ask that contractors are available during certain work hours. In this case, there are questions or updates that they can change on ongoing work. Deadlines are also most parts of most contractors. When contractors work, however, is generally up to them. So if I'm having graphics done or if I'm having copy done, any of these things, they can do it on their own time. I'm not dictating the actual, you know, I need to have, you know, the hours they work on my project. They can do that as they see fit. They may set guidelines in the contract for them and for me to say, I will have this part done by, you know, a week out, this part done two weeks out, etc. So that's fine. But telling them they have to work eight to five on your project is not where they work. Contractors decide where they work, provided the job isn't tied to they need to be at the site. And that's all based on the beginning of the contract itself. That may say they need to be on site. There's contractors when I worked at corporate that they would work on site with us and have a normal work day just like we did. But they were working on a particular project. They couldn't go off and work on something else. Independent contractors are ideally suited for working on short-term projects or filling the gaps in your staff's skill set. Some of the benefits include flexibility, filling the gaps, limiting liability, and a trial placement. So you can bring somebody on a trial basis to see if they're going to fit and then move them into a full-time position. So independent contractors can do that, or you can do that with an independent contractor. So when you're really thinking about, do I need to bring on an independent contractor or employee? I think it's still at the end of the day, you're looking at 
a really good way of looking at it is just saying, am I telling them what to do and where to go? Because that, to me, in all of this reads, that's what really needs to happen when you're looking at employee versus contractor. I hope this helps. I know it's a huge part of trying to grow your business and trying to see where you fit an employer or contractor in. As I said, I brought my all of my associate and senior planner on. They were all employees because I'm giving them dates and letting them, you know, I'm like, here's the date of when you're working. But some of those things, if you go back and look at the first part of it, if you look at the kind of the three areas of common law, you know, it was true. There is no magic number factor. So, you know, I didn't provide them, you know, a laptop or anything like that. They had their own laptops, but I paid them on a monthly basis. I had control over how they did their job to a point, not necessarily, you know, there was rules around what they were, you know, what they're doing when they're planning what they're doing. And then there was compensation on networking and going things like, you know, doing things like that. But I wasn't big enough to provide them a pension plan or insurance or vacation pay or anything like that. It was just more flexibility in having the business. That's what they were kind of an independent contractor in. They could do the work when they wanted and where they wanted. They just had to have it done. So there is a flexibility to that. But you really, you know, for me, it was really coming down to I had to tell them, you're doing this job on the state. Here's the name of the client. Then they're an employee. So I hope that helps. And as I said, if there's anything you need to dig in further, don't hesitate to start using the good old Google search and going to the IRS, going to the Small Business Association's website. They all have great information on what an employee is versus a contract. Have a great day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Design Your Wedding Business. If you love what you're learning each week, please let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And while you're there, don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on any new episodes. As always, you can head over to my website, jentaylorconsulting.com to check out all the links and resources from this episode in the show notes. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.